swords and handle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores some legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's a grand theft of blood scrolls simon's quest the drawing earl rock shoes to earth clue keeps the exit gaming news the police get some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. Yes, y'all. y'all. With his control issues, I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, look for control issues, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give us five stars. You can also head over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle and pop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We put up gameplay videos every so often for your viewing pleasure. Yes, yes. A dub. We are nearing the end of May. Things are starting to look like looking possibly positive. I don't know. How are, how are things going in your life? Ah, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't really have any complaints. Nothing's really changing. Now I'm just... Now that I've spent so much consistent time at home and really focusing on good habits like working out, not eating so much, and like reading every night, drawing a little bit every night, just finding other like positive disciplines to focus my attention on. Like I, I just ordered a vacuum cleaner. So get my place a little cleaner, you know, get all the all the big purchases out of the way before I eventually you know, relocate. So that's on the horizon too. And just, you know, yeah, practicing good habits, trying to be a better man, <laughs> be the, be the man. change I want to see in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely uh, one thing. I've been doing a lot more of a uh, reading, which is absolutely amazing. I got through 1984. That was great. And then now I'm reading Don Quixote. So like, it's, that's one thing I'll say about like um, being Sheltered at home is I'm finally like appreciating the works of literature. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you're reading like serious books. You're not reading like graphic novels or things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just um, I've just I I read that Musashi book and then I'm now all about novels. Something that I wouldn't have been into like in school. I'm like all about it now, and like that's just been that's been kind of like how I fill in. that in between time when I'm not playing video games or able to watch TV or anything, just grab a book and start reading it. Exactly. Have that free time. Just let that natural light come in. Look at those pages. Yeah. Starting to read faster, knocking down more pages. I'm also reading a, a Musashi Miyamoto book, going through the book of five rings a second time. Nice. So working my way through fun with the pencil and Andrew Loomis book. Just trying to get my drawing chops up since I can't go to any live workshops for now uh and just got the next book lined up it's you know my my whole library is mostly graphic novels art instruction books and just art books in general uh i have a few like literature type books i think i have neil degrasse tyson's book i have 
Stephen Hawking's The Universe in a Nutshell. I have Jay-Z's book. There, there's a John Stewart book I have. So, you know, there's, there's some stuff interspersed. I'd like to cover a wide gamut of content. Oh, yeah. And since we discussed your real life, A-Dub, how's your gaming life going? Oh, my gaming life is going phenomenally. As you guys know, I finally decided to take those steps into playing the Bioshock collection. So I completely ransacked the original Bioshock. I saved, I rescued all the little sisters. Uh, I made it to the end. I beat it. It's my first time beating it, and it couldn't have been better. It's an amazing experience from top to bottom. It's a beautifully done, highly detailed world. It's solid combat. Just the atmosphere and the feeling of tension are second to none. Bioshock is definitely one of the more influential games of its time, and I'm glad so many within the industry resonated with it enough for that to be reflected in their works going forward. Bioshock was really one of the first games to bring just that fully detailed living world to life. The world of Rapture will go down in history. And then having finished that, I took a little 24-hour breather, then decided it was time to just hop right into Bioshock 2. Um, off the bat, I've only got a handful of hours in it, but the, it it's very different from the original Bioshock. I mean, in, in the original Bio, do, do you care about spoilers at all? Or are you going to go back and play the Bioshocks? Yeah, I do plan on playing it um, if it's a story spoiler. Okay, so I won't spoil that aspect, but just like uh, the original Bioshock, you, you play it a particular way, and then when you reach Bioshock 2, it's significantly different because in Bioshock 2, of uh, when you start the game, you're playing as a big daddy, which is a completely different experience than I was accustomed to. You're getting all kinds of big daddy gear. You're doing stuff with the little sisters, and then there's like some other stuff going on that you wouldn't expect out of Rapture. And yeah, so I'm very excited. They made some they made some significant improvements. I think Bioshock 2 is one of the worthiest sequels to its original in any franchise I've ever seen. The graphics are better. The overall sound design is better. With the original Bioshock, I, I play almost exclusively using headphones, and the original Bioshock really didn't function properly with headphones. It's just like... Uh, it, <laughs> it felt like the audio was just not complete on that. Uh, certain things would be really low in the background when you're reloading and cocking your weapon, just the audio levels weren't mixed right. There were, you'd hear certain things as if they were very close to you when they're not. And there are certain things you'd hear very far away from you when they're actually right around the corner from you. So it was just a minor annoyance, but you get to Bioshock 2 and the headphone audio is almost perfect. So there's still a little couple things here and there, but overall the audio design is much better. Like I said, it looks better. And one choice that I I have a love-hate relationship with is that you don't have the option of turning off the aim assist with Bioshock 2. Now, at first, that soured my opinion because I'm not a fan of my bullets like changing direction mid-flight or my reticle sticking to an enemy. However, with the way that Bioshock is, and especially the experience I had with the original playing without aim assist, I 
I, I, I kind of let it slide <laughs> because it turns out that it makes the it makes your aim more reliable and allows you to think more about what what you're going to do with the environment, how you're going to prioritize your enemies, what kind of combos you're going to do. And there are definitely combos to do. It seems like in the second one, they've taken more seriously the effects of the plasmids and the weapons in concert rather than individually. For instance, if you're using the electro bolt, you can stun an enemy and you always have the ability to get the, the one shot kill if they're standing in water and you electrify them. But now you can stun them with the electro bolt. And then while they're stunned, if you hit them with a melee attack, it just does crazy damage. So I built up, I built up a melee weapon. I built up my electro bolt to like level two. And now I'm, I'll shock somebody. I'll see a group of people. I'll just shock them one by one and then just hit them with my melee. It's just like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> it's just seconds and they're done. Being a big daddy, it's like, wow, I'm really fulfilling that power fantasy of being just this armored badass walking through Rapture, cleaning up the streets. Yeah, it's it's outstanding. So I'm very excited to get back into that and even more excited now to play Infinite because, I mean, if 2 is this significant of an improvement, just what I've seen of 3 already suggests what I might be able to expect in context to this. So looking really forward to that. But AMC, what have you been playing? Um, just a quick note. I'm, I'm glad that you said you're enjoying too. I we had discussed it in the pre-show, but it's just something that kind of always stuck with me. With uh, when two came out, there was a lot of like comments about like, oh, this is like a 1.5. This isn't really a a true sequel to the game. And I've heard from you. I heard from a few other people, but I'm glad to hear like, especially from you, like firsthand that like that you are really enjoying two and that you do acknowledge the step up. Um, I almost feel like putting out this collection serves to kind of rewrite the narrative for this series of games because it just seemed like one in three got all the acknowledgement and two was kind of just stepped right over. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm just happy to hear that that game is, is getting its due now for anybody who might've been on the window of uh, or at least on the fence of playing that game. Yeah. I mean, technically part two is a significant step forward from the original and they've addressed a lot of the things that either were the most annoying aspects of the game or that were problematic and needed to be upgraded so it it feels like a very worthy sequel and a proper sequel altogether is great awesome yeah so what i've been playing um so told you last week beat luigi's mansion dove right back into it not starting from the beginning but dove right back in as far as licking the plate clean because at this point we're trying to find all the gems and fight all the uh the booze so what happens is after you beat a level you take out the boss for that floor um you can go back and a boo will appear there and you have to find them they're kind of hidden in the world the only way you can find them is that um guiji will start vibrating and then (laughs) (laughs) by him vibrating that's an indicator that he's somewhere um in that room that you're currently in and then so you start searching and then when you find him then you, you do battle so um, Marissa and I, we decided to hop back in, try to find the booze and find the hidden gems. And it's, it's actually been great. So um, 
what, how the hidden gems work is you can kind of f- try to find them on your own, but there are some that are actually pretty difficult to um, kind of uh, to unlock. Um, and so what they do is they have an in-game store and in, the, in their marketplace, you can buy uh, a, a gem finder, which is very similar to, it works similar to how finding the booze work in that um, you'll, You'll 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 have an indicator that lets you know when you're in in the vicinity of the gym, and so with that, then you start searching that room, and then eventually you'll find it. And it is pretty interesting, like how how certain combinations of things are necessary to find certain gems. Like in one room, they're basically it's a it's a disco ball. There's a disco room, like a disco floor and a disco ball. And um, after you clear out all the ghosts in there, you can kind of interact with different things. And there are these uh, record players on the wall. And when you go up to them, you can play them and music will start playing. And so we went, we played the music and we're the first time we played the game and nothing really happened. But we realized that there's a gym in there. So we need to like just play around with everything that the room has to offer. And then so we both started playing the music and we had to play it in in, uh in sync and when we played that that's when the gym showed up so there's just little things like that that like uh we now have to kind of play with um when we're interacting with the environment to find the hidden gems which is cool uh what i do like about it is that we've done this in other games like donkey kong uh tropical donkey kong country tropical freeze obviously all the, like the mario games where you can go back and you can try to find the hidden coins or the hidden kong letters and with those games it was actually super difficult to find those hidden uh, items within the world. But with this um, added uh, gem finder and knowing that you're within the area of where the item, the hidden item is, it at least gives you a fighting chance. Cause I know that there were like a couple, like in, especially in Donkey Kong country, uh, tropical freeze where we had to look it up online. Cause it was like, we have no idea it's an entire level and we're just searching and we cannot find this Kong letter. Um, having at least like an idea of the vicinity of the, uh, the item and not just, it's on this level somewhere, uh, just gives us a, a better fighting chance. So I'm actually really enjoying, um, this tedium when it comes to uh, fighting hidden stuff within the world of the game. There you go. Other than that, playing more uh, Octopath Traveler. Don't really have much more to say there because I'm just pushing through the um, the uh, the final chapters of each of the characters. So hopefully we'll have that beat soon. And then uh, hopped on Apex for a few matches. Um, you know, I, I enjoy Apex, but a problem with a game like that is it uh, it really ride or die. It, it, rides on the fact that uh your teammates really give a shit and so if you have say like a dedicated fire team you can really get into that game but there's like one match and it was only one match but uh so how apex works is uh when the when the round starts you jump off of a a drop ship and you basically skydive to whatever point on the map you want to land and that's where you start searching and if people land near you, you end up fighting with them. If they don't, then you have all the time to search. And the thing with that is there's one person who leads the drop and you can break away from the group, but the the way the game works is strength in numbers. So you want to stick together. And so uh, our, our leader of our drop, drop pod was an asshole. And he decides, <laughs> hey, we're just going to try to drop in the middle of the ocean, which means we're all going to die. <laughs> so after I noticed that, I'm like, oh shit. And I broke away from the group, but 
unfortunately it split up the entire group he plummets to his death because that's how he decides he wants this match to go he wants the match to go and uh the other guy completely separates from me so i'm on my own i survive for a little bit but obviously it's just it's too much because you'll the way the game works is you'll see one dude out there and you're like oh i'm gonna ride on this fool and you, you run on him shoot him up but then just two homies um, just pop up out of nowhere and then just take you down so this oh, you mean the the three guys playing the game the way it's supposed to be played <laughs> yeah exactly and then they can just respawn the guy that you took out so it's um it's a game that really relies on having a, a strong unit and if you have one troll just in the group that can really like throw off that one session and so unfortunately that did happen uh but i mean i still still enjoyed the game but yeah Trolls need to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, get your own server. Yeah, <laughs> but get your own commit suicide in the middle of the ocean server. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, with that, let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the, the week. All right, so we're gonna lead off with uh, some positivity, a dub. So let's get into April NPD. Ooh. Um, <laughs> A lot of positivity there. Yeah, a lot of positivity. Um, if you don't know, that is the the MPD is a, a tracking service of the uh, best selling games, and this happens to be for the month of April. So Boom. let's get let's get into it. The top twenty best selling games of April twenty twenty. Number one, a dub, Final Fantasy VII remake. Huh, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. PlayStation exclusive. Um, everybody's been waiting to play more of final fantasy 7 to hop back into that world to um, hate on it yeah I, <laughs> there, there's interesting um there's some wrinkles with this one being that it's released episodically so there there was a curiosity if people would hold off buying this game or if they would be able to just jump in and, and see what they had to offer and it looks like people did show up and show out and they couldn't wait yeah, uh, so yeah, number one on the list, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. No surprise, that, that game has right. just been killing it. Solid uh, choice. If you had that in your bracket, you made a, a safe decision. Yes. Number three, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Not surprising. Still selling. So that's uh, in its second month. It's uh, number three on the list. Uh, it was number one last month, so a slight dip, but you, you got to make room for Final Fantasy VII. What can you do? You got to uh, move over, man. Yeah. Number four, NBA 2K20. Number five, Grand Theft Auto V. Always oh, in the fifth slot. That's so mm -hmm. <laughs> Number six, Resident Evil 3. So still doing well. Number seven, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. So two Call of Duties on the list. It's not surprising. Yeah. Number eight, MLB The Show 20. Nine, Madden NFL 20. Ten, Red Dead Redemption 2. Eleven, That Just Dance 2020. Uh, Twelve, FIFA 20. Thirteen, Mortal Kombat 11. Fourteen, Borderlands 3. Still selling. Fifteen. Predator Hunting Grounds, like that. People All right. support that. <laughs> new game, new IP. Yeah. Bringing Predator into the mix. Got the female Predator. Social justice. <laughs> I think they said something along the line. I thought I just, like read some type of headline that they're going to add uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger into the game. They better. Yeah. <laughs> and they better put the, like, the Terminator in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Down the uh, line. That could be the last one. 
I want I want Jesse the body in the game. That's what I want. And then uh, Danny Glover <laughs> <laughs> in the in the uh, the meat the meat processing plant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sixteen. Uh, all um, of, before you continue, you know they um there's a sequel or a remake or something to Demolition Man in the works. What we got to see Con- Simon confirm. Confirmed by Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yes. Simon Says. <laughs> Simon Phoenix. John Spartan is Simon Phoenix. You know, like John Spartan. <laughs> what if they get frozen for like another like, hundred years? What if he's, uh, what if, uh, spoilers, what if he's like Frieza and they somehow put him back together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they find all the all, all the little chunks. Yeah. No, they just clone them. <laughs> yeah, make, that makes like, sense. May, uh, you know why I want them to do a sequel, Adev? So we can finally, or maybe you already understand it, but they can finally explain how the uh, three seashells work. <laughs> oh, they have to do that. <laughs> I don't know how they work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you can look it up on the though. There's at least some theories I know that. Yeah. All right. But uh, what would you say, number 16? 16, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe back on the list. That's uh, right. 17, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, still selling. Still selling. Yeah. I believe, uh, uh, yeah, at least in May, it got um, its content update. So people hopped on it a month early, and now they got some added content as they beat it, which is awesome. Yep. Got the challenges so you could test out your Jedi skills on your leisure, try out new strategies. Yes, that meditation chamber. Uh, 18, like we're all stuck in right now. Yeah, exactly. 18, Persona 5 Royale. Nine, 19, uh, Need for Speed Heat. And 20, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Hell yeah. Still selling, but Need for Speed is still moving? I know. I thought people were done with Need for Speed. Apparently mm-hmm. not. <laughs> it's in the top 20, and it's not number 20. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah let's get into some facts and figures um all right so dollar sales of tracked video game software increased 55 percent in april compared to a year ago to 662 million this is a new record high for an april month the previous record of 642 million was set in april 2008 um so yeah we're seeing uh, some increases actually there'll be some there'll be another reference to 2008 later uh, in this breakdown, uh, yes. year, year to year to date sales of track video game software now exceeds two billion, six percent higher when compared to a year ago. So, um, I mean, you imagine people are at home. This is April, so we're now knee deep into COVID. People are out <laughs> buying video games, just trying to fill in that gap, uh, yeah. just fill in that time with content. All those people who who don't have time for games suddenly have time for games. Yeah, <laughs> all the all the grown all the grown ass adults who are left it behind. Um, I'm an adult. I don't I don't do that anymore. I got responsibilities. Yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, I don't. Yeah, yeah. Now that now that you got all this free time, who's still there for you? Yeah. Waiting <laughs> for you to come back around. Yeah, we got we got just dance if you want to hop on it. <laughs> um. All right, Got so everything you need. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, this from Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy Remake sets a new launch month Final Fantasy franchise sales record in both 
unit in dollar sales. Both records were previously previously held by Final Fantasy 15, which launched in December 2016 tracking period. So Final Fantasy 7 Four off to years a ago. Start. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Like it's crazy that as much shit like people give like each of the Final Fantasies, it only goes up in uh, dollar sales. Like more people are buying the game, hopping into the franchise. So yep, <laughs> no matter how much criticism that franchise can get from how they've lost their way, more people are showing up and clearly showing back up. I mean, people really dislike this franchise, but we're still in business and we're growing. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, people are like people shit on like Square for like their lengthy development uh, cycles when it comes to like putting out these Final Fantasy games, and yet people still show up. <laughs> so that criticism seems to not really show up when it comes to uh, dollar sales. And then they, no matter how long they take, they still turn out the products. Yeah. Final Fantasy 15 is four years old now. We waited how long for that game? And it's been how long since we finally got it? Well, it's just proof that as much as much of as much of criticism development cycles get and delays and all that stuff, um, it doesn't really matter. Once the product's out, that's all that's really is gonna speak for it is the product itself and the how you experience it. They can, they can talk about, oh, the delays is, it's a sign that this game is in development hell, but if the game comes out and it plays well, that, that means absolutely nothing. <laughs> there was a development hell thread for Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had mentioned that there was another one for, well, maybe not development hell, but you are mentioning that Elden Ring was getting some criticism. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's taking too long. <laughs> Haven't heard anything in a while. It's like they're working on it. Yeah, it's called development. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, here's a note from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is currently the fourth fastest-selling release in U.S. tracked history. Dollar sales through the first seven months in market. So it's like just standalone game. It is one of the fourth fastest-selling games of all time. So that's pretty insane. Yeah. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Animal Crossing New Horizons repeats as the second best-selling game of 2020 year-to-date. Animal Crossing New Horizons is the best-selling title on Switch for the 12-month period ending in April 2020. So I'm assuming that means uh, the last 12 months, um, Animal Crossing is the best-selling game. That's right. So that's pretty awesome. That's crazy. Uh, and then Just Dance also got its own little blurb. Just Dance 2020 continues to climb the monthly bestsellers chart. It finished as the <laughs> 11th bestselling game of April uh, after ranking 17th in March. Just Dance 2020 is the fastest selling Just Dance franchise release since Just Dance 2014, which first released in October 2014. So just dance. It's it's surging, a dub. <laughs> Do you think it's quarantine couples driving the sales? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah. I think it's couples and families. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like we gotta do we gotta do something together in physical. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we're not having sex at all. <laughs> I need to exercise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's the uh, the new jazzercise is uh, just dance twenty twenty. It's. It makes more sense because when you have those like insanity with Sean T and all these like country heat and P ninety eight, I watch I watch all the infomercials. This is my favorite thing. But 
you, you have all this stuff. It's like they're, they're telling you what to do and showing you what to do. But other than that, there's nothing. Whereas with, with a video game, you get a score. You get records are kept. <laughs> there's, a, there's a save file. There are difficulty settings. There's, there's secrets. There's unlockables. Is, there's so much to do the physical activity for other than the sake of doing physical activity. So that's, I could see that as a reason why rhythm games of its like sell more, especially with people staying at home. Yeah. And just like a note, like um, just jumping back, thinking about like Final Fantasy seven remake. Um, it seems like there's, there was like a little bit of like poo pooing as, as far as like the, uh, the end of the console cycle. And it's like, Oh, uh, like there's no games coming out, blah, blah, blah. But this is potentially one of like the better years for PlayStation. If you think about it, just the lineup, like final fantasy seven remake, we got, Last of Us Two on the way, and then we have Ghost of Tsushima right after that. And that's all three in one weeks year. after that. Yeah, that's all in one year. Like this is this could be an amazing year for PlayStation. Like that, I think people will have to take note eventually. <laughs> Hopefully, it's the last time. But the Last of Us Two is like a month away. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> they delayed again. <laughs> yeah, well, I believe. Uh, they said they already went gold, so that would be pretty insane if they delay it now at this point after mm-hmm. announcing that it went gold. Um, and I mean, and we're seeing now, like, there was that whole discussion of um, when The Last of Us 2 got delayed that a lot of it had to do with how they wanted to launch the game. Like, just, like, the worry with, like, um, making sure all the copies are out there for the uh, consumers. And um, just seeing the big numbers that we're just seeing for the month of April, uh, I'm assuming PlayStation is now like, oh yeah, we can get this game out and people will buy it no matter what. If anything, people are more inclined to buy it just because they need a game to buy. So yeah, yeah, um, hopefully they'll get that out, if anything, as soon as possible. (laughs) Um, All right, so the top 10 best-selling games so far for this year. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number three, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So in its debut month is already the third best-selling game of the year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Number four, NBA 2K20. Number five, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot still holding it down. (laughs) Number six, MLB The Show 27, Grand Theft Auto 5, 8, Resident Evil 3, 9, Madden NFL 20, and 10, Closing off the list, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Damn, people are showing back up for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's pretty crazy. Nintendo fans are, as far as the category of support for their console, they're there all the time. (laughs) Other other communities, like the Xbox community, the PlayStation communities, like, they're the... There's the bulk of the community that doesn't do a lot of talking and just buys games, which is what's keeping everything afloat. Whereas the people online, is like they swear they hate everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, like Call of Duty. It's like, oh, we're doing this again. Like uh, <laughs> Another Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's like, so the, the gamers, like the... I guess, yeah, as you said, the vocal minority of gamers, they complain about how there's just these annual releases of Call of Duty, yada, 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 bro gamers. And every time we do these MPD readings, it's Call of Duty, best-selling game. There's two Call of Duties out. They're in the top 10. (laughs) So it's like the majority of, as you said, the majority of the purchasing, the majority of consumers 
don't really give a shit and they show up and they buy these Call of Duties every year. But then there's this vocal minority that wants to critique the industry and this annual releasing of these games. (laughs) This is funny. I I like that Nintendo fans get excited about their games (laughs) and go out and buy their games and make fan art for their games. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Animal Crossing, that's like the number one of those. Um, all right, did you see the did oh, yeah, you see yeah. the Resident Evil 2 mod of Isabel? No, I, I couldn't that. <laughs> they just replaced Jill's head with Isabel's head, which is weird as hell. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought it was going to be one of those things like the, uh, was it the uh, Thomas the Train, but it was going to be Isabel. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing you all around the screen, <laughs> swole ass Isabel looking like looking like the 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 CEO from Super Jail. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so here's the top five of each individual console. Xbox One, uh, number one uh, selling game for the Xbox One, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two Remastered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number three, Grand Theft Auto Five. Number four, NBA Two K Twenty. Number five, Resident Evil Three. So people are like, "I'm gonna buy Modern Warfare," and you know what? I'm gonna get Modern Warfare Two while I'm at it. <laughs> I'm gonna switch up yeah. back and forth, <laughs> depending on what the homies play. Uh, PlayStation number one. Final Fantasy VII Remake, number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, three, NBA <laughs> 2K20, four, Grand Theft Auto V, and five, MLB The Show 20. Um, so the only different games there being baseball and Final Fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Nintendo Switch, their top five goes as Animal Crossing New Horizons, number one, number two, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, three, Just Dance 2020, four, Smash Brothers Ultimate and number five, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Still moving. Yeah, still moving. Probably, it's probably riding that that game of the decade victory over on GameFAQs.com. Oh, is that who won the uh, the bracket? That's the only game that was gonna win the bracket. I believe you had it up there, right? Did you have? Yeah, it? yeah, had a way. Oh, nice. It does. That's the. How'd you that's, that's the thing is that once it was over, I couldn't access my bracket anymore. Mm, that's bullshit. <laughs> I do know I broke I broke 300 points and I was in like the lower the lower 90 percentile like 92 or something alright so I guess you're maybe because I know there was a there's a period where there are a couple of games winning there where you're like maybe I'm out of touch with where where people like where the community stands and then it all comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't score as high as I wanted to. There were some things that just caught me by surprise, but at least I was to the right of the curve. Yeah. <laughs> so that's very gratifying. Awesome. Um, so it, we also have a, a few notes console-wise. So this, this might explain why uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe did really well. So hardware spending in April 2020 grew 163% when compared to a year ago to 420 million. Uh, this is interesting because like this all like kind of pushes aside this whole idea like uh, people, they're getting ready for next gen. They're not buying any more new consoles. Well, hardware spending is up 163%. This is the yeah, highest. Almost to- tripled. <laughs> like, Jesus. 
Yeah, this is the highest total for an April month since 427 since the 427 million total achieved in April 2008. So there we go. Uh, Year-to-date spending reached 1.2 billion, a 30% increase when compared to a year ago. <laughs> so we're seeing an increase in hardware spending. Uh, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in April in both unit and dollar sales. Dollar sales of PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch each grew by more than 160% when compared to April 2019. Um, Year-to-date dollar sales of Nintendo Switch are the highest of any hardware platform in U.S. history. The previous high was set by Nintendo Wii in the year-to-date period ending April 2009. So it's selling at a crazy rate right now just for this year alone um but yeah great to see overall hardware spending uh just going up um i imagine as we as going back again pointing out the fact that april big covid month people are at home so people are also not only buying video games but going out and buying consoles and buying video games on top of that oh that's right yeah, um, which is awesome because maybe this will carry over then to the next gen and we'll see like an entirely new um, base of gamers that wouldn't have, of, of casual gamers that wouldn't have, have existed before because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, so let's get into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. So, A Dub, we had some Ghost of Tsushima news. Um, what you, what you got there? Well, that we did. Now that we've seen the 18-minute gameplay demo and, you know, people forming their, their judgments and opinions, of course, it's coming time for the formal marketing run of the game. So the representatives from Sucker Punch are going out there doing interviews, answering questions, you know, just giving us more information, getting us more prepared for what it is we're about to be blessed with come July. So... One article is it there's a question within it that addresses the concerns that have emerged online about the difficulty of Ghost of Tsushima. As you know, just last week, the general consensus online was that the combat looks too slow, it's too easy, it's Assassin's Creed. <laughs> so the representatives over at Sucrunch came out to be like, first of all, there are difficulty settings. Second, the person playing the demo has been playing the game for years and is really good at the game. So, of course, it looks easy when someone who knows what they're doing is handling the system. And, yeah, so the difficulty settings, they're probably playing on easy. And the guy knows what he's doing. They also came out to say that despite that, the way that the combat works is that it embraces the, the lore, the legend of samurai films, classics. And what that means is that fights are very technical. You gotta know what you're doing because even though an enemy may go down with one or two hits, that also extends to you as the player. So it's not gonna be Dynasty Warriors. It's not even gonna be, <laughs> it's, it's not even gonna be like God of War or anything like that. Is In this, you get cut once or twice, you're gonna go down. So, overnight, the perception of the game has changed from, <laughs> oh, it's Assassin's Creed to, oh, it's Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
All right, so I have uh, I have some quotes, so I'll just read those off. Uh, basically, reiterating what Dub said, but from the words of the uh, the game director. So this is coming from Nate Fox, game director. We are trying to make a grounded game in that sense. So a couple blows from an enemy will kill you. The game is very challenging. We have three words to describe the combat: mud, blood, and still. We absolutely honor the lethality of the sword. We watch samurai movies and people go down with one or two strikes, and that is embedded inside of the combat. Beating the Mongols in battle will be hard, but it's that challenge that makes it feel alive and the victory rewarding. You can't just run into a camp and fight five people at a time. You will get overwhelmed and die. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the the quote that people focused on um, when they were like, oh, this game is going to be too difficult, and we will have that discussion, but I'm I'm just going to run through these quotes so that we can then really get into the discussion. Um, So this coming from the creative director and art director, Jason Connell. So first, so this is what you said. So first of all, we do have difficulty. If the game is too easy and you want it, and you want it to be much more challenging of an experience, you can take it up a notch. If you find the game is a little too hard, you can take it down. Again, this is an effort to try to get as many people, as many players as possible. Uh, continuing, one thing we didn't show at State of Play, which which I wish we had, was that the game features duels against other expert swordsmen. This is a classical, this is a classic samurai stuff. Those fights are incredibly difficult, and they're driven from personality and get solved in the most cinematic way possible, which is also true to fantasy. You need to study your opponent and understand how they attack in order to win. And then uh, this is just one note as far as. Um, some of the gameplay details that we saw with like the the minimal HUD. Uh, this coming from Nate Fox again. So the red bar is health. The golden spheres are Jin's resolve. Um, he uses these to regain a little bit of health. Also, it's his grit to perform his most devastating attacks. These attacks drain him a little bit. So you have to make a tactical decision if you'd rather heal or really bring the fight. And that's pretty much all I have. So as they said, Tonally, um, they wanted to feel like those samurai movies, as Ada mentioned. And so you'll be able to drop dudes in a couple shots, but uh, that also means you could be dropped in a couple shots. That isn't also to say that the game is too difficult because there will be difficulty settings. Um, they didn't really get into the, differ- the differences in the difficulty settings. I remember um, in when... Fallen Order came out, um, they talked about how difficulty wasn't going to mean that enemies were suddenly um, less bullet spongy. (laughs) Um, But uh, instead, it was uh, maybe your windows of attacks would be a little little wider so you can get off like a parry a little bit easier and things along those lines. So it'll be interesting to see what difficulty means in this game. But as noted, there are settings so so that this game is as accessible as possible to the wider gaming community. So how do you feel about that, A-Dub? Well, one thing I think about most is how parallel this is to when we were being told about Jedi Fallen Order. Because in that game, it was the same deal. You have your difficulty settings, but at the end of the day, you still have to know how to engage the combat system or you're just not going to have a good time. Uh, Fortunately for Jedi, you weren't going down in a hit or two unless you were taking on a pretty strong enemy or, you know, just didn't upgrade your character. But in a game like this, I imagine that 
I don't imagine there being too much of a of a buffer for you to be able to take blows. I know that because there's a health bar that we're going to have some option to extend it that just comes with the territory. But I don't see it really like turning it into just this action game with this breathing room where you can make stupid mistakes and not be punished for them. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, people, they only read the part about, oh, the, the combat's going to be grounded and that there is a headline, you could be taken out with one or two shots. I'm pretty sure that's why they also had the interview because these are all in separate interviews. So I'm pretty sure that's why in the other interview they had to make the point that there are going to be difficulty settings before the internet mob showed up, which it was a little too late because they only focused on the one interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I mean, the facts are out there, but it seems to not matter, Ada. <laughs> it never does. Yeah. <laughs> so we pulled some of the, the resident fact checkers, the mm. fact trollers. <laughs> <laughs> So they're coming sideways at Sekiro, even more sideways than they came at it last week. <laughs> yes. So first show says combat. And <laughs> <add> Sekiro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, sorry, it goes to Sushi. <laughs> that Freudian slip. <laughs> exactly. Uh, first show says of Ghost of Sushima, combat looks very weak. Not everything needs to be in slow motion, not to mention it will run around 30 frames per second. Shame. <laughs> So, as noted multiple times at this point, from Sucker Punch, from myself, from anybody with half a brain, the person playing the demo was obviously someone who knows how to play the game. The slow motion looks like it's executed when you get that dodge mechanic going in. Probably getting perfect dodges, probably slowing time down, but you think that's the game being slow. You think that's the game being casual. Next show says, we need petitions to sign which cancel the inclusion of difficulty settings. This is, this is coming the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> Just get them out. Yeah. <laughs> so next show says, you know, I was wondering when Assassin's Creed was going to do a samurai game. I'm glad to see it's finally coming out. Hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, next show says, but this is another run-of-the-mill game. Like every game, run-of-the-mill. Yeah, exactly. Like Every <laughs> game is kind of building off of its predecessor <laughs> and trying to do some new shit on top of that. Next show says, great. Dark Souls ruins everything. I just want to feel like a badass samurai. Now those one-on-one duels sound like those Valkyries from God of War. I kind of lost interest now. Already found The Witcher 3 and Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of War to be too hard. The Valkyrie fights are amazing. And got yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, there was definitely one I went into and I was underleveled for because it was, I couldn't do anything. I was like, I'm going to come back to this. I don't think I ever went back to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, do we, do we have the discussion now about difficulty real quick? It's, like, where, where do you stand, first off, and like with a gaming difficulty and what it means for you personally and for the greater gaming community? You can either play it, uh-huh. you can get better at playing it, or you can not play it at all. <laughs> Those are your three choices. Either play it and already be good at it, or get better at it so you can't enjoy it, or just walk away. Uh, there, there doesn't need to be concessions made for people who can't get with 
the vision that is the end product. If it's made a certain way, let it be. Yeah, I mean, exactly. One, let the um, let the artists do their work, and you appreciate it how you want to. Um, and then on top of that, I don't like it's. I can't think of a game where it's like I would really want to play this, but if they change the difficulty, if they made it easier for me, it's like no. If I really want to play a game, then I'll find a way to play it. Like that's that comes with any challenge in life. If you really want it, then you'll figure out a way to make it work for you. But to do this thing like, well, you would have definitely had my money because all I really wanted was an open world samurai game. But hearing about difficulty suddenly got me off. Like, uh, got me basically made me not want to buy this game or play it or experience it. That that means you were never really in as, as much as you would like to try to sell the fact that you were. Absolutely. One of the things I find interesting about this particular troll is that he has to mention five different games in technically six. What? One, two, three, four, five different games to talk about how disappointed he is with, with what he thinks Ghost of Tsushima is going to be. Because, first of all, Dark Souls ruins everything. Uh, this sounds like the Valkyries from God of War. Uh, I lost interest now. Because Witcher 3, Shadow of Mordor, and Shadow of War were too hard. Games that are not known for their difficulty and games that have difficulty settings. So I don't know what that's all about. You said Shadow of War? <laughs> and Mordor. Mordor. The game where the guy was playing it by beating the, com- the keyboard over his head? <laughs> just, do- just dodging. Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, that was amazing that somebody would do that and then get mad about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's um, bad design. Yeah, bad oh game. mercy! It's I. It's if it's hard, don't play it <laughs> or don't beg for it to change. It's just hard. It's something that you can't get into. Like the NFL is really hard. I don't think they need to lower the barrier of entry for me. Like there doesn't need to be a football league for me. I don't like pain <laughs> and I don't like hitting people. So yeah, I um, mean like just a simple analogy. Like and, I don't want to be a pro boxer. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like going back to this idea that like what, like what I was saying, like if you really want, if you really want to make something work for you, then you'll make it work for you. And like, I looked at final fact, uh, not final, uh, Wolfenstein, um, Two, I think it was Wolfenstein Two when it came out. There was all this discussion about how the game was too difficult. Um, you you died in two little shots. The enemies came at you from all angles. Yada yada. And I walked in with that in mind. And one, the game wasn't too difficult. And then two, I know people don't like to do this, but I just saved often. People call it save scumming, but I saved often to make sure that if I did die, I didn't have to backtrack like an hour, like on a possible like like shot to the head and so yeah like as i said you can make these games work for you like yes they're going to be difficult but you can one get good at it and two you can make sure that the game isn't as punishing as it needs to be whether that's um grinding or like uh farming or in in other cases save scumming so you can make the games work if you really want to play them so rather than going online and bitching about it try to figure out how to make the game work for you (laughs) Next troll says, wow, another game that I would really love to play, but it suffers from the Dark Souls syndrome. I play games to have fun, not to want to punch a hole through solid concrete. 
first of all, you, you are definitely not capable of puncturing solid concrete with your fist. Get out of here. Uh, also, the note I would say is that um, we're, I'm, I'm taking a note from uh, our, our good buddy Goku, and that's the more cha- challenging the fight gets, the more fun he seems to have. And that, if you, I think it's all about a matter of uh, perspective and mindsets. And if you come into a difficult game with the idea that if I die, the game is no longer fun, then that's how the experience will be. But if you go into a game like, I need to study this enemy, study his movements. When I once I get all that down, I'll figure out how I can then capitalize on those vulnerabilities. And that right there can be the fun in it, the the levels of how you end up attacking enemies and how you approach them is part of the fun of these games. So it's just a matter of perspective. I mean, if I had to describe it, I, I would say that it's the challenge comes from asking myself the question of let's see how long I can go without dying. <laughs> and so that's, that's why you play challenging games. It's not to play it so that you don't die. It's to eventually reach the point where you're not dying as often mm. and just maintain that, that hot streak because it's possible if you just put in the time and the effort necessary to do it. And once you get there, you're there. It's not like you're learning each challenge individually you're just learning the mechanics of the game and getting better at executing the challenges that it puts in front of you but once you reach that first notch of like oh i get it then you're pretty much unstoppable it just becomes a matter of you how quick you learn and how well you execute exactly next troll i'm out don't got time for this bullshit (laughs) so again just to remind you like last week everybody thought this game was going to be assassin's creed it was going to be too easy and they were just writing it off now with just one utterance that oh you know just a couple of shots will put you down too then it's oh it's sekiro oh it's too hard i'm out i don't i'm not here for this what also (laughs) keep in mind Nobody's really played this game other than the developers. So a lot of this is from the speak of people who have had this game like close to the close to the vest for however many years. And so like this is once it gets out to the greater public, who knows how really difficult this game is going to be or in what ways it will be difficult. They're giving an idea of what you can expect, but as we've learned with many games, what the developer tells you and how the gamer experiences it it can be two totally different things. Yes, absolutely. Next show says, come on, man. I just wanted a fun samurai game, not Neo or Sekiro. (laughs) A fun samurai game. (laughs) Yes. I mean, the last fun samurai game I played was Bushido Blade. And in that game... (laughs) One or, two, yeah, one or two hits and you're dead. And I would always choose the dude with the Matsumune. And as soon as the fight started, I would just do a forward stab and usually hit somebody right in the face. End of match. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. And then people learn how to block it and then I couldn't fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, once again, it's that idea of like what, how you define fun. Uh, Celeste. As I said, you can die thousands of times in that game. And you will. And plenty of people said that game was fun to play. It's a Mm -hmm. platformer. (laughs) People think Dynasty Warriors is fun. 
Yeah. And clearly it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Personal opinion, the, the, the thoughts and views of A-Dub do not reflect the thoughts and opinions of Control Issues or Control Issues Pod or at My Control Issues or twitch.tv slash Control Issues Pod. Send your letters to A-Dub <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally not my address, <laughs> but you can send it there. We got any more hate. Next troll, next troll says, my modern day obsession with games needing to be overly difficult is getting old. Not my, the modern day obsession with games being overly difficult is getting old. Life is hard enough. I just want a fun game with an engaging story. Is there an obsession? Okay. <laughs> I mean, they make those games so you can go play them. One of them is coming out next month. <laughs> three weeks before Ghost of Tsushima. I feel like the, this troll always shows up with like every game where it's, oh, this is now the trajectory of how games are going to be this one game. <laughs> every game is this. Every game is going to be open world. That was, it was Ghost of Tsushima, actually. Every game is going to be open world. Now it's yeah. every game is going to be difficult. <laughs> every game is going to be Sekiro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> hey, the kind of games you want to there. Go yeah. play them. There's not much else to say. Go get Disco Elysium and chill out. Yeah. Uh, next troll says, I've never understood why these developers think making a game difficult is some badge of honor. Not everyone is sad and lonely and has hundreds of hours to spend on a game. They just end up losing money but not attract casual gamers and not ever buying this game. Okay, so they decided to make a game more punishing as a badge of honor. It's not a badge of honor. The badge of honor is having a vision, and that's how they decided on how the combat will play out because they had, they had their reference, as they mentioned, the old samurai films that they were pulling from, and they wanted it to play out as close to that as possible. So all it is is that the, the developers had a vision, and then they worked that into the gameplay. Their first thought when they came up with Ghost of Tsushima is, wasn't, difficulty <laughs> yeah. that was a that was a byproduct of how they wanted the game to feel <laughs> let's rip off dark souls yeah <laughs> that's exactly. what we're it's what we're here to do yeah. and we're not leaving until we're done yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, like i don't know why sad lonely people are the only ones with hundreds of hours to spend on games like sad and lonely people are pretty busy too <laughs> and further it's like Dude, you have hundreds of hours to spend on a game, too. You just don't. You probably watch series on Netflix or go through Spotify playlists or read magazines or books or whatever the hell else everybody else does with their spare time. But, you know, unless you're working 24 hours a day, you have hundreds of hours a year to spend doing whatever you want. So get off of everybody's back. Quit trying to stereotype. By the way, people are always complaining about how they want backwards compatibility so that they can go back and put more hours into games that they've already beaten. <laughs> so, yeah, you clearly have the, you have the time if you want to. <laughs> I mean, 100 million copies of GTA V. Yeah. Still, still in the top 10 every month. Exactly. <laughs> Next troll says, insanely difficult to gaming journalists means it's actually average. <laughs> all right so <laughs> this one i somewhat agree with the trolls uh only in that one 
so there, there's two points here. One, there's that little bit of virtue signaling where if something's difficult, they immediately attack the fact that the game is not accessible and there might be people who don't have the same dexterity as others. And so by making a game never difficult... never complain. Yeah. And so by making a game difficult, you're not keeping everybody in mind. You're not being inclusive. So that that's the one... That's the virtue signaling angle that like some of the media outlets will attack. Then the other side that at least I felt like I've noticed when I listen to like other shows, other like podcasts of people who play video games and a lot of it. um, And this is just a personal feeling is they feel the need to play every game so that they can talk about every game when they, when it comes out because that's content for them. And so for um, I've I've heard them specifically say um, without name naming names that they want to be able to to run through the game and so they'll play on easy difficulty so that they can just experience it and to each their own if however you want to experience a game that's up to you if you want to play it on easy and just experience it you can play it in that way but then to then critique a game because a game is too difficult and you can't just for you (laughs) yeah too difficult for you because you can't just run through it that's not a knock on the game that's just how the game was intended to be experienced. And so you can't just, because your lifestyle dictates that you need to play everything because you've decided that, um, that shouldn't factor into then your critique of the game, I, I personally feel. Yeah, I can sympathize with that. Uh, I also see it from the other perspective where it's it's just the gaming community like bringing up this age-old argument that helps them not take reviews and gaming journalism itself seriously because now it's it's not so much about the content of the review it's justifying why i'm not listening to that review because they're they're not even skilled at the games that they're reviewing in the first place so i don't know it's just always interesting to me that when people don't agree with something then it's either a problem with the game the review or the reviewer but then when people like something, it's like, oh, there's no problems at all. And then all of a sudden, anybody who does have problems, it's like, oh, that, that doesn't exist. That doesn't happen. You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just these extremes of like offense and defense when it yeah. comes to a property. Yeah. And I think, I think like from a personal perspective, I am probably more defensive of games as a whole just because whenever i see some type of criticism i always want to look at well how does that one is that really important and two well how does that work like is that is that intended and if it's intended then that means somebody is then appreciating it and so to take an objective viewpoint and say that well this difficulty means that people won't like this game i i tend to like push back on that that form of criticism in itself in in general i tend to push back on a lot of criticism unless like i really find it founded like i can really say like this is really taking away from the game for me but for the most part if it's something that's intended within the design and the person is just subjectively doesn't enjoy it i i tend to push back on those things yeah i mean everybody's not gonna like everything yeah exactly next Next troll, Soulsborne is ruining video games. This game needs to be the focus of your entire life to progress is not a selling point for me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even really know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Soulsborne is ruining video games. Some of the most highly 
the most one of the most highly acclaimed franchises of the past generation and this generation. Uh, I believe there was some information that recently came out that says the Dark Souls franchise has reached 27 million in total sales with Dark Souls 3 taking up 10 million of that. So, I mean, them's Zelda numbers, man. So, it must be ruining video games in a very good way because people keep flocking to it in increasing numbers. The games continue to get singing reviews. Developers it other teams are inspired by the work. We see all manner of homage and emulation of Dark Souls in other games from small things like including Easter eggs of bonfires and, or, or the sword to simply making games that are straight up like parallel to a Souls-like experience games like The Surge and stuff like that. So, man, it's... Come on now. At some point, you, you, you can't really be believing your own bullshit. But Last Troll says, wow, I only bought this game to have fun and explore and not to die every fucking time. I might cancel my pre-order if it's like Dark Souls or Sekiro. I don't like those games like this. <laughs> I don't like games like this. Well, you can get Animal Crossing. You can do all the exploring and having fun that you want. <laughs> you can get... You can get what snow trucker or <laughs> snow runner. <laughs> yeah, you can, but that's like the Dark Souls of off-road video games. <laughs> you might not like that. <laughs> it's got survival mechanics. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, what what could you get? I mean, dude, I just deleted Darksiders Genesis from my system, and luckily I hadn't popped any trophies on it, so I was able to delete trophy list too <laughs> yeah I mean, it's not so much that the game is hard it just it didn't do it for me and i didn't want to have any record of it on my soul so i got rid of it yeah and but, also you know, too it's I don't, like I don't, have to, I don't have to take to a message board and tell people how how terrible the game is because honestly it's a very good game it's just not doing it for me at least at this moment in time i'll probably revisit it sometime in the future just to see if i still feel the same for the time being, I'm man enough to admit my personal my personal fault situation, and I'm moving on to other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are gonna bitch no matter what. I mean, the argument could be like just ended with the fact that there's an article that says there'll be difficulty settings, so this basically brings it all to a close. But it's you just have to have that greater argument of layoff of games when it's said that they might be a little tough. <laughs> hey, at least play them first and determine that for yourself rather than just taking part and parcel of every article you read. There's there's context and inference that goes into that. Yeah, and I mean, like, as we said, like, Sekiro came out, there was a big discussion about, like, games being too difficult and inaccessible, and then Fallen Order comes out, and you have difficulty settings, and I didn't hear anybody really complain about the difficulty in that game, and with Ghost of Tsushima coming out even later than both of those two games, and it being announced that it will also have difficulty settings, you have to give the game the benefit of the doubt, and if anything, I'll say, like, what we're learning from this industry is that it does have the ability to adapt as much as people would like to believe that the industry decides it's going to do what it's going to do. And the gamers just have to bite the bullet. Um, 
No, we've seen this with loot boxes. We're seeing it with games in difficulty settings or being too punishing. Um, they tend to listen to what the people what people say, and they work it in, and they work it in in their way, not the way the community tells them to do it. Um, and so you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because they made games before, and they'll continue to make games. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> this isn't their first game, nor is it their last game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like maybe if this was a new development studio and the project looked to be a little bit bigger than a debut product should look, then you might have a point. But this is Sucker Punch. They have two beloved franchises under their belts. They obviously know what they're doing. They're they are in business. <laughs> <laughs> they're a first party studio. I would I would feel more comfortable trusting them than the opinion of faceless avatars on the internet. Yes. <laughs> we got any more trolls, A-Dub? That's all the trolls. All right. Well, yeah, that's a full episode, A-Dub. Do you have any uh, final words before we get the fluck out of here? Uh, you know, it, more and more people are flocking to the hobby. We had the best quarter in gaming history this year. The best April in 12 years this year. AMC, A-Dub, still up in it. The audience is still strong. Everybody's still here. Everything will be fine. Stay safe. Stay smart. Enjoy your games. Well, this is Control Issues. I am AMC. And this is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Suckers. Suckers.